0: Hello, my name is Baron J and I am here with the Given Wild Black Podcast. We are here to uplift, amplify, and celebrate black philanthropy. And we are here to celebrate you. Our special guest today, we're so excited about having Sherelle James. Sherelle James is the alumni president for Elizabeth City State University. And I know that the last couple of years, There's been some shine on HBCUs and rightfully so. There's so many wonderful institutions all around the country have been doing amazing work educating our people for centuries, literally. And today we're here with someone who's going to not only shine the light, but also share how you can get involved as an alumni of one of these great historically Black universities all around the country. Can't wait to hear from Sherelle James, Given While Black. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Baron J. Damon, and I am the host of Giving Wild Black Podcast. We're here to amplify, uplift, and celebrate. And today we have a wonderful guest. And before I introduce her, you know how sometimes you meet people as business owners and entrepreneurs, and you meet a lot of people and a lot of good people in my work, but sometimes you meet people who you just, you know, you you feel like there's a a fast friendship in the potential, right? You know, I call them FFs, right? Fast friendships. And this young lady we have today, Sherelle James, might be one of my fast friends. We just recently met each other a couple of weeks ago, but Sherelle,
1: good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for having me today. Do you think we have some FF potential? Listen, I was sitting over here smiling, like, I think we do, because every time we talk, we find something else that we're like, oh, okay, we got to get back together about that.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're so excited about having you. And a shout out to you because this was kind of last minute. You know, we had some guests that was not able to make it. And I asked you, and I wanted to have you actually around um, the end of August, September, but you stepped up to the plate like you, like you always do. And so thank you for billing a brother out and coming on the show today.
1: Hey, we got to be there. Helpers of one another.
0: That's right. That's right. So let me tell you a little bit Uh, About Sherelle, and I'll let her speak for herself because uh, she is a a dynamic entrepreneur, but um, she is a CEO and profit strategist. She has a podcast that I just recently found out about herself. Um, she is the managing partner for my local CFO. And if you're in our area, I know people listening all over the world, right? We're believing that Sherelle, right? Um, but locally if you're in this area is a business firm that provides virtual CFO services. Um, this podcast that she has, she was just telling me about this, is about finances and helping couples. And so there's a lot of wonderful things that her and her husband actually do in this community. Um, and I don't want to steal her thunder, but there's some things philanthropically that we're going to talk about, and that's why she is here today. So Sherelle, thank you so much for, for being here today. Tell me a little
1: bit, tell us a little bit about yourself and who, who is Sherelle James? Who is Sherelle James? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have to say, number one, I'm a military brat, okay. and I can say that, um, I am, I grew up, uh, family's in the military, all of my families in the military. And I decided to go in and right when I was gonna go in, I did not because my husband now said, hey, I got other plans. And so I did not go in myself. But um, I want to say thank you to all those who serve. Yeah. Uh, I, number two, one thing that I say in every room, and, and people look at me crazy, especially in the business space, when I say this, when we talk about what's the number one thing that you're good at or your best thing, yeah. I am the best auntie in the world. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> the best auntie I love in that. the world. I it love that. Yeah. No yeah. one can beat me. But outside so of their that, I-
0: they call you, you got a spe- a special name or just auntie?
1: Yes, I, I, Auntie or Titi. Okay. You know, cause they live in different areas of the U.S. So Auntie or Titi okay. are the two things. Yes. Okay. Um, and outside of that I am a businesswoman you know I've, I've um, had my local CFO we've been in business with my local CFO with my husband the co-partner uh for over 12 years and um that podcast that you were talking about more than I do uh, is, that where, is where that came from us teaching about um being in business and being married because we've Next year, we'll be married 20 years. Okay. So we figured we had a little something we could say and tell somebody, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then a philanthropist, you know, which is where I'm here to talk to you today about through a lot of initiatives, a lot of things that uh, we do in the community. I do in the community a lot of things that I just come up with concepts and get people to come along with me uh, yeah. to make sure that. I truly believe that uh, my mom taught me a long time ago, you always leave a space better than when you found it. And so whether it's my family, the community, the world, I wanna make sure it's better off, you know, before I got here, when I leave, it's better off in whatever I can do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I heard the same thing, you know, from my parents as well. And and it's great advice because that's what our goal is, right? We want to be able to leave a legacy. Uh, we're not here just to occupy space, right? Yes. Uh, we have a purpose and there's a plan for all of our lives. And I personally believe that God has a plan for our lives. And you definitely have a plan that you've been displaying that and um, demonstrating that along the way. So... Tell me a little bit about philanthropy in in your life. How did you get started with this philanthropic bug that that you have?
1: That's a very good question. So I I, I talk about me a military brat first when you ask me, who who am I? Uh, Because my grandparents, my mother was the oldest um, of her siblings and she had me at 18. And so I grew up in the house with the youngest, uh, my uncle was 13, right? So between 18 and 13 was in the house. So I grew up kind of as the baby in the house. And my grandparents at that time, my grandfather had retired and we lived in Warner Robins, Georgia. So shout out to Warner Robins, Georgia, Robins Air Force Base. Okay. Uh, I'm a Georgia peach. Uh, and I, I take that everywhere I go in life. <laughs> but I say all of that and I bring that up because that's where I learned. Yeah. So w- when I look at my grandparents, their house was the house that if you needed anything, yeah, You know, our kids in the community, she always cooked those big pots of spaghetti. My grandfather's hobby outside of working on the base, on the flight line, his hobby was rebuilding cars. So he used to rebuild cars and give them to the single Mothers in the community, so that they wow. can get their kids to where they needed to be. Yeah. My grandmother was a teacher in the community, and uh, the kids would get in trouble and say, "Don't call my mama. Take me to my grandma's room." It wasn't their grandmother, but that's who she was in the community. Yeah. Um, and then my mother had that. I remember her. I never walked to school, but she would stop and pick up every kid along the way to got to a point that the kids would just come to our house. So she was taking two and three trips to the school wow. <laughs> to make sure the kids didn't have to walk, especially on cold days or really hot days in Georgia and things of that nature. So I think that they, although that's not giving in money, you know, I do believe that that's planting that seed of philanthropy of looking after your community and giving back in the ways that you can.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. And I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, as, as times I'm talking to guests and I start getting chill buffs because I can feel it, right? I can feel and I, you know, I'm thinking about that time period and how powerful it was in our communities. And there seems to be some of that have been lost, right? And that's what really this podcast is about, see if we can get some of that back. What do you think about how, what happened, you know, in our communities? that that's dissipated to some degree?
1: You know, um, I'm gonna use the word assimilation.
0: Okay. Uh, In a
1: lot of ways, and I I don't use it in a bad way. So let me be very clear, I don't mean in a bad way. But anytime there's change, there's good things and bad things that happen. And because we are able now as African-Americans, we are able to access way more than our ancestors could access, right? uh that we've become a lot of a lot of times we forgot about some of those things because they seemed old or or yes. they seemed uh that makes me too black or you yes. know I, i'm trying to fit in here in the yes. culture of business and things of that nature and so we've become a dry uh, uh what i call a um garage society yes. we uh, just drive into our garages have no idea who our neighbors are you know and drive out and if it doesn't concern us specifically then um we're not concerned about it, and that's not who we, as a culture, that's not who we are. I believe in a village. You know the old African proverb: "It takes a village." I believe it takes a village, and uh, my success and, and my upbringing, and even today, uh, proves that it still takes a village.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, I love that answer because I think, um, but there's still that desire for us to get back to that. Yes. And sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we get lost. We just don't know how to get back. We got to put a GPS in, right, Mm -hmm. to get us back on track. And the work that we do in our communities hopefully will be that GPS for some people, Mm -hmm. right, to get us back and show how important that is. So your grandmother, everybody knew who she was.
1: Everybody. My grandmother, my grandfather, even to this day. My grandfather died. My grandmother was in the house, and she hears these lawnmowers going outside. And she goes outside, and it's an older man with some younger kids that he was mentoring to cut her grass because of something my grandfather did for him years wow. ago. So that's that legacy. When we talk about legacy and taking care of each other, and making sure that things are um, better for everyone, that's that legacy that I remember in my head. I've got, there's just so many, when I go home, so many stories of how they have helped people that were kids maybe when I was growing up, but they're now adults and have their own kids and things of that nature, or grandkids, you know? Um, That impact, I think, when we talk about legacy, that impact, being that beacon of light allows for that impact and a ripple effect, right? Because you help that one person, there's a ripple effect that happens with that.
0: Yeah, can we say her name?
1: Yes, Yes, absolutely. Wait,
0: Marjorie Jenkins. Marjor- Marjorie and- Jenkins. Oh, Marjorie yes. Jenkins, we celebrate you, Marjorie yes. Jenkins, and the legacy that you have left um, that's being instilled in Sherelle James to this day and many, many others. So we say your name. Yes, I love it. I
1: love yes, it. Yes,
0: yes. That's powerful. So you grew up seeing this, you know, so you was around this. And so tell me about, how do you feel, um, and I like to ask this question, how do you feel being a philanthropist? What, what kind of feeling does that bring to you?
1: You know, I don't know until me, and you started having some conversations and I've had conversations about philanthropy and being a philanthropist before, but I don't know if I really just took hold of it and note of it of, wait a minute. I'm a philanthropist yeah uh, when like i said the growing up the way that i did um i brought the military in so living overseas and things of that nature when we didn't i didn't live under their roof um because everybody i told you was in the military um i got to understand how to take care of each other right because when you're in other countries it doesn't matter your race it's all about we're american <laughs> right. you know, this country. Right. So that that further instilled that. And then we were talking and I was like, wait a minute, I do a lot of things that are are definitely make me a philanthropist. But for me, it's just what you do. You know, it's, it's not that I'm doing it so I can be called a philanthropist. I am a philanthropist because of what I do.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's powerful. So I will say, Sherelle James, you are a philanthropist, right? Don't that sound good? <laughs> it
1: sounds good. I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on, my, I'm gonna put it on my stuff now, my bio and everything.
0: Yeah, there you go. Because it's important. Um, so you didn't always see yourself as that, right? <laughs> Although you were doing some things in your community for many, many years, right? And that's how a lot of us of, of us are because we look at quantity over quality right? If we're not given X amount of dollars, oh, we, we can't be in the same category of a Bill Gates, you know, um, where they give out billions of dollars in their foundation. But guess what? Mother change is worth something. You know, we just gave a $250 scholarship to a young lady she started crying. Yeah. You know, it it's meant something, crazy. right? It meant something to her. And that's one of the things that, you and I are, are working on. And that's why, you know, I, I, I joked earlier about the fast friends because we do, we, we have these conversations, we come up with something, but we didn't need a committee, Sherelle, to put some money, to get some money together. I reached out to a couple of people, you doing some things on your side, and we going to help support somebody that's in need. So tell us about um, your position with Elizabeth City University. Elizabeth yeah. City University.
1: Uh- Yeah, Elizabeth City State University is my um, undergrad alma mater, and um, I I believe in giving back, right, and to what gives to me, so uh, I am who I am. Uh, because of my grandmother, because of my mother, because of my community, but I am also am who I am because of Elizabeth City State University uh, and the degree that I, what I learned and the degree that I got there and the people that were there. So in giving back, I am currently the president of the Raleigh-Durham-Wake chapter in uh, North Carolina, largest chapter, alumni chapter for Elizabeth City State University. And we've been able to do some amazing things. Awesome. But in, outside of that or inside of that, rather, in, in my leadership, and they were doing some of this before I got there, so I can't say it's all me, but we have ramped up scholarships to students uh, that are going there, as well as who are there, because a lot of times we're looking at getting people there, but students need help once they get there as well so they can sustain and graduate. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to support the school, um, you talked about your little bit of dollars. It helps and it matters. Well, being an alumni and giving them back to the Alumni Association, my little bit of dollars are now added to somebody else's little bit of dollars, but then we don't add, we can multiply, right? There's a multiplication effects that happens. And so I felt it was important. So I sit on the board of directors for the Alumni Association, as well as uh, president of the largest alumni chapter.
0: Wow, that's, that's outstanding. One thing, I, I was in a nonprofit space for for, for 20 years. Um, and as a fund developer, that wasn't my primary role, but I did raise money for, for many years. And one thing that I've noticed for, um, for black fundraisers, it was hard for us to go and reach out to our own community and ask for money. And I don't know why. Do, do you have, and you may not have any thoughts on this, but I'm just thinking about it out loud as I'm listening to you. because yeah. We're talking about HBCUs, right? And we're talking about, uh, my my wife went to Jackson State, um, a proud alumni of Jackson State. She is a tiger through and through. Um, and we support the college, but we wanna do more. And we've you know, actually setting a strategy in place to do more. But for me as a, a fundraiser, a lot of times, I can ask other people easier than I can ask people in my own community. Um, And I think we do struggle with that sometimes.
1: We do. I think that, um, you know, historically we know that there's been a a, a gap when we talk about a wealth gap, right? And so, and then historically when we talk about our HBCUs, Uh, as we talk about the colleges and why we need to support them, uh, there's been a gap in the support and funding from the state and federal government as well as from us ourselves. And I think it's because uh, if there's already that gap in society, when you go out and get a job, you're not maybe not making the money that you need to make. You're trying to live and survive, you know, a lot of people, and I'm speaking broadly, right? Right. Not one or two, but just broadly. And so then it becomes hard to give back because as we mentioned earlier, philanthropy is thought of being, Hundreds of thousands and millions and billions of dollars, yeah. and not just my little $25, $100, $300, $400. Yeah. If I just give that, you know, what can we do with it? We um, raised funds to take students on a bus trip to Elizabeth City for their um, winter homecoming and winter open house. Okay. So, you know, it's hard sometimes to ask the same people over and over and over again. It yeah. sounds like every time I talk to you, I'm asking you to give, give, give give, give, give. And that can be draining on people as well. So I think in in your point of having that strategy that you guys are putting together for Jackson State, having a strategy that it's not only just our people, we do need the allies. It takes the village, right? right? And so then that way, and one, I can see where my money is going. Number two, people want to buy into a bigger vision. They want to, they want to be a part of something bigger. That's why people are in football and, you know, baseball, all these sports, because it's something bigger than them that's outlasted them. So if you can show them that as well typically they can give but then understanding and meeting people where they are and i think a lot of times we just say this is what i need but we don't take the time to build that relationship to understand where they are and people nowadays are in as what we call what's in it for me as well right. you know and right. so what am i getting back you know inside of that and it doesn't always mean in return money or gifts or anything like that but it's just you have to understand what motivates them to yeah. give in that way I think that if we come up with a better strategy and we really understand and we're clear and articulate where those dollars are going and how they're going to impact whatever we're doing, the initiative that's happening, I think we'll have an easier plight when we go to our people right? Yes. Because if yes. I'm counting every dollar, doesn't mean I don't want to give. I just need to make sure that where I'm giving is going to count and impact the way that I need it to impact.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's strong, Terrell. That, that, is, that That's that's awesome. I, I love that because I, I spent a lot of times in my career training volunteers, volunteers, trained thousands of volunteers. And the one thing that I heard over and over, and the research really bears this out, is People don't mind volunteering if they know what they're going to volunteer for. There's nothing worse than having people come to an event to volunteer and they just sit around twiddling their thumbs like, what am I supposed to be doing? Nobody wants to do that. And so the same way with money, right? I want to know where the money is going. Um, I can't have no, you know, when we went to our church for the first time, we weren't members and they did a whole PowerPoint on the you know, on the money, where the money went. I was like, oh, this is different. You know, I said, there's some transparency here that I really appreciate. I've been to churches when they said, oh, you need to give um $75 so we can get the pavement done. They ain't said nothing else about it. Everybody gave $75. I do where the money went, Jareb.
1: <laughs>
0: the pavement, you know, never got done, but hey, but people want to know, right, where the right. money and so I think and you got to be
1: accountable. I think that what you said, the other piece of that is be transparent, have a vision, be strategic, and then be accountable, yeah. right? Because if I want you to give again, I need to show you, hey, we did what we said we were going to do. Or if something changes, just let me know something changed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we're, because and, we're forgiven. Everybody knows us, us is forgiven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's a good, I, and I'm thinking about how we could just do a little bit better with that. You know, how we can, um, we had a, we started out with our kind of formal philanthropy, um, setting up a, a giving fund or a donor advised fund. And it was great because, and we still have it, we put money in it ourselves, but we realized that we can only do but so much. And we wanted to kind of magnify that those gifts. So we started our own foundation, the BK Damon Foundation, so we can bring other people in and share the vision, some of the things that we were doing. And that's what we want to happen, right? If there's something that you are part of, I may not know about it. I want to be able to come aboard and say, "Who, let me add my dollars to this. And I know some other people who are also interested in this kind of work, right? Let add some more dollars to it. And that's what, in terms of the strategy, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to um, present whatever we have and go out and just, and be okay with asking, you know? And I know you don't like to duplicate, but hey, my my father-in-law, um, him and my, my mother, Truman and Betty Brightman, they are um, alumni from Benedict College, right? In South Carolina. And they are, they do your role, right? For the Spartanburg region. And my father-in-law is relentless in asking for money. I said, and I was picking at them one day. I said, I know they don't like when they they see your number on the call ID. (laughs) (laughs) Because they know you asking for money. But it does take this kind of relentlessness um, um, that we kind of shy away from. And I'm learning that even even myself. So thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, What was your biggest misconception around philanthropy? Did you have any misconceptions around it? What were some of your biggest misconceptions?
1: I think we spoke about it before. The biggest one was that I I had to have all these dollars, you know, before I could really make impact. Um, And and to say that wasn't saying that I wasn't making impact or I wasn't doing anything and just sitting in a chair, right? I, I, I think that... Uh, to your point earlier that some people don't know what to do so they just kind of are sit I wasn't one of those that was just sitting and 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 paralyzed but again I didn't look at it as philanthropy because it wasn't on that large scale yeah.
0: Uh, Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any other um, philanthropic things that you're working on as well? If you do, please share. So share them.
1: I those. do. So uh, I've taken on a project. A mentee of mine invited me to her classroom. And she she uh, is a teacher in a uh, non uh, nonprofit school that's uh, attached to Wake County. It's called AMI Kids Infinity Wake, okay. and um, I went to talk to the kids, which are amazing uh kids that have been dealt um a not so kind hand in life. And the school is uh, kind of a pilot for this nonprofit. So US nonprofit. Uh, so they have different programs across the US, but they have this pilot program here in, in Wake County, North Carolina and uh, they set the intention in the morning, they do affirmations, just a lot of different things that you wouldn't think you would get at school, right? Gotcha. The kids took me around after we talked and I said, what is the one thing that you guys want, yeah. right? I, Cause I was like, you could do a pizza party, I can bring you some chips, you know, all that stuff. But what is, again, impact, legacy impact. And they had this multi-purpose room, not a really big room. Just think of a regular classroom. And there's like, we want to create this into a creative, artistic library space. And they had like library racks where you could pull them out, you know, and and books. But they really didn't have a space. That space looked very institutionalized. So it wasn't creative at all. But when you think about kids that are learning life skills, and skills to help them cope along the way. To have a room where I can go and sit in a corner and get myself together and maybe do some breathing exercises or draw, have a table and something that I can draw on or books that speak to me yeah. because they're also kids that they're in high school but they may be reading on levels that are, are less than high school, right? So you can't bring in a cat in a hat book for a high schooler. You need yeah, something yeah. that looks so that they can be proud in what they're opening and reading, even though it reads on the level that they needed to read. So that's the project that I am working on this summer. If I I call it my summer project to hopefully uh, get the library up and running. I've got a, a wonderful lady. If you give, if I could say, a Shameless plug, uh, Carnella Renee Hill with CR Hill Designs. She has volunteered her, t- her time, she's an interior director. She actually did the White House when Obama was there for Christmas. She was one of the interior designers that uh, went and did the Christmas decorations and the Oval Office were a project of hers. So we've got top notch people. Yeah, she's created that uh, design for us now and she's volunteering that time. And a handful of other people that have rallied around to say, Hey, We want to help you with this, so we're always taking on more because we've got some money. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is so powerful. I love that. So that's the Affinity Weight Program, Mm -hmm. and that's in Raw in Raleigh.
1: Uh-huh, Infinity Kids Wake. Uh, I'm sorry, AMI Kids Infinity Wake. Let me say it again. AMI Kids Infinity Wake. Uh, their school is, uh, for those who are local, it's off of New Bern. Uh, the executive director, I just had an event two days ago, uh, Legacy of Leadership, where we honored amazing African-American leaders in our community. They're doing amazing things across the world. They're impacting just not the community, but the world. And they were the recipients. So that kicked off kind of the donations and the and the Executive Director, um, Antoine Arnold, would be happy to talk to anyone and show them around the school because they're doing some great things. I
0: definitely want to uh, put some visibility on that project too. That's something that um, you and I have talked about and we definitely want to, I think I've made one connection already, but there are some other people that's coming to mind that that hopefully can, can help with that. So my last question for you, before we go into the rapid fire questions, um, what keeps you up at night? Mm. That problem that you want to solve? And that's a big old question, Terrell. What, what,
1: that's a huge question. Listen, yeah. there's two things that keep me up at night. Um, but there's one major thing. Uh, yeah. I've got a business thing that keeps me up at night, being a business owner and and, and having a financial firm is always making sure that we're doing the best for our clients, but that's not the major thing that keeps me up at night. The major thing that keeps me up at night is, am I doing my part
0: Mm. when
1: I leave here? Because legacy is built every day, right? What you do day after day is what builds legacy. Legacy is not what's built when you're gone. It's what you've done day after day that you've left when you're gone. And so my question that I always put in front of me, I always look in the mirror, I'm always praying about, is am I doing my part? Am I doing enough? Am I where I need to be?
0: Yeah. Well, with with that being said, can you see my screen? Yes. Oh, yeah. don't do that enough in our community. Yes. We don't celebrate enough. Um, as a philanthropic coach and a, a professional coach, one of the things I talk to my clients about, when is the last time you celebrated something that you that you accomplished? They say, well, I really don't. I really don't. Why not? Sometimes they don't even see it as worthy to celebrate. And so we want to make sure that people are uh, celebrating Thank you. It's time for some rapid questions. All right. So, you know, we just play some music for you to get you, you know, get you hyped up before, you know. (laughs) All right. We have a timer and you have two minutes to answer these questions. All right. And when you answer the, I mean, if you get them all right, or whatever, there's really no kind of right and wrong, but if you finish them, you might get a gift. We have all kinds of giving wild black swag. You see what I'm wearing, right? Giving wild yes. black you know, I'm rocking it, right? Um, you see that, that glister, that shine coming off of it. That's pretty fly,
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Are you ready? Let me put my timer on. The pressure
1: is on, but I think I can do it. I think I can do it.
0: Because you've been killing it already. (laughs) All right. The first question is, how much money do you have to be to be a philanthropist?
1: Whatever you have.
0: What is your proudest moment as a philanthropist?
1: The impact to others.
0: What was the
1: hardest thing
0: you ever gave away?
1: You know I gave my car away. Did you? And I didn't have a I didn't have another car.
0: Wow. That's
1: but not- I felt it and I I I, I know you this is rapid fire, but I gotta say this real quick. And it, it this is not about me at all. But it was one of those moments that I I had someone that was working on my car and um, I got it back and I was driving down the road and I just heard, give him your car, Mm. you know, and I'm a Christian. So I I mean, I'm not, you know, you are what you are, but I am. And so I believe God was speaking to me, give him your car. And I was like, what? You sure? You you know, and I went back and I, you know, I took my husband with me and, and I said, hey, and he said he thought that I wanted to sell my car to him. Wow. Said no, I wanna give you my car. And what I found out was he was working on everyone's cars, but he at that moment was at a point where he didn't have his own car.
0: Wow.
1: And so he every he would fix everybody's car, everybody would drive off, his workers would drive off, you know, and then he would try to figure out okay, well, how am I gonna get home today? Hmm. That's something. It taught me never to question again. If you hear it, or yeah. you feel it, or you believe it, what I call your or deep down inside, do yeah. it. But I never, I didn't have a car for uh, probably about seven years, but I never went out trans- without transportation.
0: That's powerful. That's philanthropy at its best. I mean, at its best. What was the best gift you ever received?
1: Oh my gosh just someone being genuinely whatever it is. I don't care if it's a little pen, a piece of paper. Um, I love um, anything anyone gives me that they made or they took time for, right? But I'm grateful for any time anyone thinks about me and does anything.
0: Okay. Um, What is the best thing you like about being a philanthropist? Impacting
1: the world, making a difference in someone else's life, and having that ripple effect for change good change
0: and good change
1: yes Another i'm probably over my two minutes because of my story did we pause <laughs> <the whole story?
0: laughs> i mean i mean that story was so good it, it was worth you getting the buzzer but it's all right okay um, what is your dream philanthropic project if you just had the money and the money just poured out the sky and you were like oh i'm about to do this i'm about to make this happen what would it be
1: So I want to do, I I want, oh my gosh, there and I have so many, but one of the things I want to do, I want to do some things um, in Africa. Uh. I want to build in Africa. but build for sustainability so not just go over and build and provide for someone right and everything i do i think that you have to teach right you can lead the horse to the water but if you don't teach them how to drink you're just gonna always have to lead them to the water uh and and drink for them right um and i know i'm missing two parables together i know i know audience i know (laughs) but i say that to say um i think that for me that's a big focus but then also here i want to do something in my hometown my husband's hometown and my hometown along the same lines and so there'll be sister cities you know and countries yeah
0: yeah yeah. that's that's powerful and there's a lot of great work going on in africa right now um and, and there's some projects that you know I, people like us can definitely be involved in and i'll share some of those things and com- some connections i have um with that um so the last question is after about five six minutes what is your favorite charity and why what is your favorite charity and why?
1: oh my gosh i can't say because I see a, a, a lot of them a lot of them yeah there's a lot of about- them <laughs> <laughs> I can't say because I sit on several different boards. I'm not. I cannot. can do it. The whole game. Even
0: Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for for sharing that information. Unfortunately, you did not meet the time, but the stories are so powerful. But I, I still have something for you that I want you to to hear. All right, how about this one? This is one of my favorite. Bless me. Bless me, bless me, bless me, God in is Can't just be defeated; here's a victory. Bless me, bless me, God not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all
1: these folks that's with me, God have everything they need. Bless me, bless me,
0: God so this is one of my favorite songs. And you hear the words, what it's talking about? It's not just for me, it's not just for you, it's for the people around us can be blessed. Yes. Yeah, and it's powerful. And so we're so happy to have you. This was an awesome interview, and I'm so glad that we are FF's fast friends because we're gonna be doing some stuff together. Um, You are a go getter and a go-giver. And so we just appreciate you. And so thank you for, for being part of it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as we go um, today, just remember to be kind, to help somebody else. Make a difference in your community. You can start right where you are. Terrell talked about HBCU and the impact that she's making there. If you attended the HBCU, you should be giving some money back. And I know everybody are in different positions. And people have different levels of income. But guess what? No one turns away $5. President Obama ran a whole campaign on $1 gifts, right? $5 and ten dollars gifts and raised some of the most money in history. If we pull our money together, collective impact and resources, we can make a difference in our community just like you really have. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode of you the Water.